This morning, would you please do me a, a huge favor and welcome all of those who are joining us online, live via Facebook, YouTube, our website, and then just a little bit louder for those at the Eunice Correctional Facility. We love you guys. We're glad you're in service with us today. Hey, turn in your Bibles to pray. Luke chapter 5, verse 16. The Bible says Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. He would often withdraw to the wilderness. He didn't do it occasionally. He didn't do it on Sundays. He didn't do it just at a specific time. Uh, he, he often withdrew. This was something, let me help you here, okay? This was something that even Jesus worked on. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, did not take his prayer life for granted. He understood that his prayer life was going to be tied in to his earthly life. And if he was ever going to do what the Father sent him to do, he was going to have to remain connected to the Father. Why? Because he understood that he could not live without the relationship that he was created for. Listen, you may think that you can make it, and you may even get away with it in this life, but you will not be able to live without, ultimately, probably even here on earth, but certainly eternally, you will not be able to live without the relationship that God created you for. If the earth was enough and the world had enough to offer, then how many of you understand that Hollywood would not have suicides? Okay, Wall Street would not have conviction. The world does not have what God has to offer. Jesus knew that he could not just become connected to the world, but he had to stay connected to the one that he was created to have relationship with. And let me just, just emphatically state this morning that Jesus did not die for a religion. In fact, I, I don't like that word. It's a terrible translation. It's a terrible English word of something that God never intended. Jesus, I don't discuss religion. I don't debate religion. I don't argue about the religion. I don't even share my religion because Jesus did not die for a religion. He died for a relationship. So I share relationship. I discuss relationship. I debate. I will argue. I will die on the hill of Calvary's desire to have relationship with people. So last week, we, we said before you can go anywhere else in your relationship, you need to understand that you have access, that you have access to God. And here's specifically what Jesus said, and this is an absolute for me. And, and listen, I'm careful, I'm careful in this culture 
with this statement. So I'm going to make it cautiously, but I'm going to make it emphatically. I am not attempting to offend a dominant belief in the place that God has put me in, but I refuse to be silent on a personal conviction that I believe to be a biblical absolute. Are you with me? Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am, hang on, don't miss it because you're getting excited. I am the life. You're getting excited. One comes to the Father except through me. So I pray to Jesus and Jesus alone. And I don't have a problem with you believing otherwise, but I do have a biblical problem with the teaching of anything but praying to God in Jesus' name because Jesus specifically, absolutely, emphatically said, no one comes to the Father. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we have some some issues in our prayer life. Sometimes it, we make them too informal and, and then sometimes we make them too formal and then sometimes we just make them too complicated. See, I just believe that Jesus wants to hear from us. So I'm going to make even the formal, this is the answer to the complication, I'm going to make the formal personal. I'm going to make the informal reverent. And I'm not going to make my prayer life complicated because Jesus didn't resurrect himself from the grave so that we could remain confused and frustrated. He paid the price for us to have relationship so that we didn't fight for victory. We fought from it so that we didn't try to to battle alone, but we battle in him. So I keep it simple. I just keep it simple because God wants to hear from me. And listen, listen, let let me just set you free from comparing your prayers to mine or, or somebody else that you've heard over the years. You ready? God is not impressed with your prayer. He is not impressed with your articulation, with your pronunciation, or with your creativity. He gave it to you. He's not impressed with it. He's just impressed with you. He just wants to hear from you. It's not what's being said. It's who's saying it. I have, I have just two, two little people that I just love in this church. Their names are, are Taya and Camry. They're about this tall. And they're, they're only a little bit further in, or separated in, in where they are in life. But they both have a lot to say. And most of the time, I have no idea what they are saying. But I love to hear them say it. Because it's not important to me alone what is being said. What is most important to me, and I'm not saying that God has a hard time understanding your prayers and it's not important what you pray. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying what is most important is not what's being prayed. But who is praying it? Not what be, what's being said, but who is saying it? 
And so we want to, number two, I'm just digging deeper into notes that you actually already have. I'm taking a little bit further because I can't teach you how to pray in one week. I'm not going to learn how to pray in one week. This has got to be a lifestyle that I develop, number two, develop what I desire. I need to develop what I desire. Why? Because I believe emphatically, unequivocally, I believe that I can have the same relationship with God that Jesus had. Chris, you're saying some of the same things that you said last week. I know, but who did you say it to this week? And is it as evident in your life as you desire for it to be? We have got to get away from this drive-through mentality. This, I want it my way and I want it now and I'm not willing to work on it. Listen to me. If it's worth having, it's worth working on. And we have to develop what we desire. And one of the things that I desire as much or more than anything else is the relationship that Jesus had with the Heavenly Father. Because I believe that's why he came. And the way that I'm going to have that is through prayer. So the disciples said, Lord, Lord, teach us. Teach us to pray. And so Jesus responds in in Luke chapter 11. And he says, when you pray, pray this way. And he begins to map out the way that we could pray. And he gives us what we refer to today as the Our Father or the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. And we know that prayer. And, and, And many of us, if not all of us, we know that prayer better than we know how to pray and talk to God personally. And that, friend, for me, is a travesty. That we have taken Jesus's answer to the disciples' question. And we have made it so formal that it has lost its relatability. So I'm giving you quickly some things that Jesus wanted to communicate, I believe, in this prayer model. That when you pray, position yourself, our Father which art in heaven. Position yourself before Him. Position Him in your mentality. And then praise Him. Holy is your name. Hallowed be thy name, O God. And after you praise Him, you can begin to speak purpose. Your kingdom come in my life. Your will be done in and through me. And then out of that purpose, you begin to ask God for provision. Lord, give me this day, not just in food, not just in finances, but God in faith in substance, in true strength, in true security. Provide for me today the things that I'm going to need. And then we speak to the potential, the potential of forgiveness and the promise of God, the promise that He will deliver 
me. My potential is forgiveness and freedom in him. My potential is forgiveness and freedom for the people that he has put around me. And his promise is that he will not lead me into temptation. In fact, the promise is that I will not face anything today that Jesus has not already been tempted by and sinned not in. That I will not go through anything today that is not common to some that everyone or at least someone has already had to go through. But with that temptation, he will provide a way of escape because he is God and he is faithful. It's the promise that I can stand on. And all of this, it's not just a repetitive, our father. It's a personal prayer where Jesus desired for his disciples to connect to God in the same way that he has. So practical prayer, I'm gonna run through these. Practical ways that we can learn how to pray. Number one, we pray out loud. We don't just think it, we speak it. Well, well, God knows my thoughts before I have them. He knows what's in my heart before it comes out of my mouth. I know. But if out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, then maybe if we'll start intentionally speaking other things, we'll believe something else is in our heart. And if I begin to pray out loud, what I really do is I'm speaking the word out loud. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 3 says, Blessed is he who speaks aloud, who reads aloud, and who hears, and who does what this book says. So I am going to speak out loud. I'm going to hear myself pray. And listen, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And I have power in my tongue to speak life over myself and my family and my future and my provision and everything that I am and everything that I desire. And so I'm not just going to whisper it. I'm not just going to think about it. I am going to speak to that thing out loud. And I'm going to learn how to pray out loud. Because when I learn how to pray alone, I will be more comfortable praying around other people. And God wants me to pray. No time is better than another. Number two, no time is better than another. The Bible says evening and morning, the first day. Praise God for all the night owls. Come on, somebody. You were created that way on purpose. God wants you to stay up and spend some time with him. And God help all the morning people. We love you too. We love you too. If that's you, if that's you, man, you wake up and you spend time with Jesus. But listen, what we've got to stop doing is giving credit to one time of the day as being more important to another time of the day. Because what you do the night before you go to sleep is just as important in the next day as what you do the morning that you wake up. In fact, it may even impact it a little bit more. If you don't believe me, just stay up all night tonight and see how it impacts your day tomorrow. <laughs> Evening and morning, no time is, is better than another. Number three, guilt and prayer do not go together. Guilt and prayer do not go. Don't you walk away from your prayer unfulfilled? Don't you walk away from your prayer time, your alone time, the time that you set aside with God? God loves that. He's proud of you. He's impressed by you. He doesn't want you to walk away frustrated and unfulfilled. He wants you to walk away knowing that he was with you and he heard your request. That is the enemy's distraction for you, that you would walk away frustrated or, or feeling like you didn't get anywhere. No, no, guilt and prayer don't go together. I love, I love when my babies just come spend time with me. 
I had a blast last night with my 18, my 18, no, Jesus, no. <laughs> Come before then. That is not prophetic. I rebuke my own. That was death coming out of my life. I had a blast last night with my eight-year-old putting together a Hot Wheels toy set and fussing at the other two to get out of the way and put that down. No, don't throw that to the dog. We want to put that on here. And she's with me. She's fussing them right along with me. I had a blast. Why? Because I just like spending time with her. It doesn't matter what it is that we're doing. I just, I just want to be with her. You know what I've never gotten offended by? Not one time in my whole life. I've never not one time been offended because my baby fell asleep on me. I've never one time been offended because my child was spending time with me and fell asleep in my arms. So stop, stop letting guilt go along with prayer because it doesn't belong there. Pray scripture. We're going to come back to that. But pray scripture. It's okay to pray scripture. It's okay to pray prayers that you know. It's okay to pray prayers that you're familiar with. Just make sure that you make them personal. Just make sure that you know that God wants to relate to you personally. And then finally, in that point, make it personal. Whatever you do, make it personal. Whatever you pray, however much time you spend, make it personal. I skipped one because even in personally and even in, in prayerful consideration, you can still have a plan. Guys, listen, it is okay to not know what to pray. And it's also okay to prepare and, and, and write things down, to have a structure and then to deviate from that structure as God leads you. We have a prayer plan. My children, every morning when they go to school and, and they're even teaching it to other children, they have a declaration I am a child of God. I am a person of integrity and character. I will be a blessing to all of those around me. I will love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, and strength. I am a leader, not a follower, the head, not to the... And I'm messing it all up because they know it better than me. But every day, they declare that over themselves. And at the end of it, we say, in Jesus' name, amen. Every, every night that I pray with my children, I pray something very similar. But, but guess what? My kids don't care what I pray. They just want to hear me pray. Guys, they don't want... Dads, listen to me. Grandfathers, aunts, uncles, sisters, brothers, mothers, grandmothers. They don't want to hear me pray. And they don't care what you say. They just want to hear you. They just want to hear you pray out loud over them. That's all they care about. My prayer over my children, I pray for their spouse. I pray that God would reveal himself to them, that they would receive his salvation, be baptized in his Holy Spirit with the evidence of, and Gabriel will say, a prayer language. I was like, dude, no language. La, la, la. Look at daddy. La, language. We just pray. We just pray, and so we just develop this habit. Okay, when you make it personal, here's a quick little, quick little acronym for prayer that you can go in with a structure and still make it personal. Prayer, P-R-A-Y-E-R, -E praise. Open up with praise. Then repent. Repent because we are a sinner that falls short of God's glory. After you repent, you praise, you ask, you yield, you expect, and you receive. I guarantee you, if you start just this week with that acronym for prayer, you will learn how to pray for five to ten minutes. 
and then you will begin to spend you will begin to expand what you're learning and you will get better at what you work on you want to never get better then don't work on it our marriages don't ever get better because we don't work on them sometimes our relationship with god doesn't ever get better because we don't work on it because we don't put the effort and the energy into it. We just expect it to be really good. Well, I just would expect. No, no, no. It's not how relationship works, friend. You have to put the effort into it. So number three, last week we looked at this, find substance in the silence. <clears throat> and I don't, wanna, I don't want you to wave at me, but some of you are like, man, he's, I recognize this point again last week. Well, that's great. How many of you practiced it this week? Don't raise your hand. Don't feel really good about yourself over practicing one. I'm tell, practice it this week. I love the story. Somebody called us and told us. They said, I, I, I've never, every time I get in my vehicle, I blast the music. I just crank it up. You know, and whatever it is, I just, I just like the music. And it's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But she said, this week, instead of getting in my vehicle and blasting the music, I just, I just turned it off. And I just drove down the road. And I just, I made sure that God knew I turned my music off because I wanted to hear from him. And it was impactful. It made a difference. When I just took time to sit in silence. See, here's the, we don't listen enough. Especially me, because I make a living talking. <laughs> and sometimes that's difficult. You want to make your marriage better? Learn how to listen more. You want to make your relationship with Jesus? And ladies, don't you just look at him, because you do a little yip, 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 too, okay? I'm just saying... <laughs> We just all need to sit down and stare at each other. If I'm up here speaking, instead of listening, you're going to start talking about what you're going to have for lunch. <laughs> and you're going to have, uh, yeah, I don't know, pig intestine stuff with the something or, or, or some kind of cow stomach or something. My interpretation is boo down and pounce. I don't know which one you're going you're gonna to have one of the two. Yes. <laughs> hey, you're listening. Praise God. I thought you guys would be entertained by that let me give you a 12 second test are you ready 12 second test we're ready I'm going to challenge you even after that moment 12 seconds we're going to we're not going to count out loud we're just going to sit here for 12 seconds I want to sit in absolute silence Now look this way, listen. When you sit in silence, you hear things that you would not have heard if you had not sat in silence. Because when we sit in silence, we allow God to speak to our spirit. There are things that you heard that you recognized that you began to think about just in 12 seconds that you would have never heard, never thought about, never even sensed if you had not sat in silence. So imagine if you could develop a two-minute drill two or three times a day where you just stopped and said, Jesus, these two minutes are for you. What if it turned into 20 minutes a day? What if it turned into an hour? 
We do not have to be and in as big of a hurry as we are. Now listen, don't you just laze around and expect God to fulfill your every need and desire because he who works shall not eat. The Bible's very clear on that. Does not work, does not eat. It's very clear there too. But I'm talking about being so busy that we never stop, that we never slow down, that we never sit in the silence and let God speak. Psalm 44, verse 46, verse 10 says, be still, be still, and know that I am God. Because when we acknowledge God, we give him the opportunity to exalt himself among the nations and exalt himself in the earth. When we acknowledge him, are you with me? Exalted. He must be acknowledged. And two things will happen to you when you will take the time to stop and be silent. The first thing that will happen is you will probably sit there longer than you wanted to. Sit there and you will know why you stopped and sat. Because God speaks. We are not in the silent years from the Father. We are in the dispensation of grace where He has poured and is pouring out His Spirit among all people. If we will sit and stop, we will hear. Be still and know that He is God. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Let me show you how to pray this scripture and make it personal. And it's this scripture that I pick specifically because it speaks to both of the last two points. Psalm 27, verse 1 verse 4 and verse 14. And by the way, if you can't keep up on notes, they're on the back of your bulletin and you can look them up at eunicechurch.com slash notes. Psalm 27, 1, 4, and 14. Watch. All I'm going to do, I'm going to read this scripture, but I'm going to make it personal and it's going to be impactful for me because I stopped and I read it. The Lord is my light. God, you are my light. You are my salvation. What what can I be afraid of when you're my light and you're my salvation? You are the stronghold of my life. I'm not burdened and, and bound by anything else but you. You are the stronghold of my life. In what and in whom could come against me and make me be afraid? This one thing, just one thing, God, that I have desired. I I really desire a bunch of other things, but God, my heart, the depth of my heart, the created being inside of me, the one thing have I desired, and this will I seek after, that I will dwell in the house that you are preparing for me, that I would dwell in you, that you would dwell in me all day long. God, even as I rest tonight, This one thing I desire, this I seek after, to dwell in your house, to gaze upon the the beauty of you and to inquire, to seek, to to meditate upon your temple. Wait for you. I'll wait for you. And because I'm waiting, I know that your word says I'm strong. Because I'm waiting and I'm strong, I I let my heart take courage because of who you are and what you've done. I am not afraid. I do not fear. I'm ready because I waited 
on you. Now, Father, go with me in Jesus' name. Man, if you did that every day before you went to sleep, you can need that you don't know what to pray because God has given you your intent. I don't want you to scare anybody. I just want you to declare this with me. I want you to declare it over yourself. I want you to declare it over your children. This point number four, are you ready? Every prayer counts. Say it with me. Every prayer counts. One more time. Every prayer counts. Don't you let the devil steal your prayer. Every prayer counts. Everything that you do, whether you give a cup of water to the least of these or you preach a three-point sermon to a million people, if you do it in his name, you do it unto him. And everything that you do in his name counts. The devil comes for one reason, and he's bound by this process to steal, kill, and destroy. And if he can steal your prayer, if he can steal your faith, if he can steal your relationship, if he can steal your obedience, he can begin the process of destroying you. And ultimately, he can take you out. But when you don't let him steal it, when you remind him of his place, when you remember who he says that you are, when you remind that devil, that power, that principality in that moment, when you begin to get frustrated. Oh, no, no. Frustration is not part of God's promise for me. When you begin to get anxious. No, no, no. Anxiety is not part of God's promise. for. When I begin to worry about what I've got coming up that day, worry is not part of God's promise for me. He is my light. He is my salvation. He is my son. He is my shield. He is my protection. He is my provision. He is my deliverance. He is my freedom. In him have I put my trust. And if I am in him, then whom shall I fear? Every prayer, every prayer counts. Every single prayer I make counts. So let me end today with this prayer challenge. We took it a little bit deeper. I just really reminded you of last week's points. Because I want you to take it this week and I want you to do something with it. I want whatever it is, as you look through your notes or you remember back over this message, man, what adjustment could I make? So I came up with, in prayer, I came up with five challenges that we're going to close our service out with today. And you, I've never done that before. That's okay. They'll be very forgiving because they're just going to be impressed that you're doing something different. If you want to make a difference, you have to do something different. You don't remain the same uh, by, by doing things differently. If you want things to stay the way they are, then don't do anything different. But if you want to make a difference, then do something different. Pray out loud with your family. It's so important. The people that you love are not going to learn to hear from God. And they're not going to learn to see God move if you just assume when God has given you authority. Don't just assume you have been given authority. We don't make assumptions 
We take authority. It's got to be done. I pray out loud with my family. Number two, pray out loud with other people. I dare you. I dare you to just stop talking to people and start praying with people. Stop giving good advice and start praying. Because you will probably speak better than good advice when you begin to pray and let the Spirit speak through you. You will likely speak good news. Don't just tell... This is When people come, Pastor, would you pray with me? Yeah, would you pray for me? I need you to pray for me. I'm thinking, yeah, man, I will. I sure will. I will, I will take authority for the position that I've been given. But have you been praying for yourself? Uh, Pastor, I need you to pray. I need you to pray with, with my friend. Well, have you prayed with him? My, listen, my, my prayers are no more powerful than yours. They're no more impactful than yours are. In fact, most of the time, I, I probably, just because I can articulate it louder, <laughs> I can do that, just because I'm a little bit more passionate, but, but my prayers are no more impactful than yours are. Stop telling people that you will pray for them. And start praying with from this someone you will pray with them or for them. Pray with them right there. Instead of ever saying, hey, I'm going to pray for you, st- prove it right there with them. Because I, I, I know like it, people mean well when we get on Facebook praying for you. Probably not, but it feels so good to just type it into the comments. You know what I would rather hear? Instead of praying for you, I prayed for you right now, and I will continue to. You know what I would rather receive than a Facebook comment? Receiving God. Rather in public, when I ask or when I have a need or somebody says, man, I, I need you to pray for me. I need you to pray for me. I, I would rather them pray with me than just know that they said they're praying for me. If, if you're going to pray for me, I want to encourage you today, prove it. Megan was sharing this story with me from the ladies' Bible study, which is going incredibly well. It's far beyond probably even what we, we consider um, for, for most small groups and, and just attendance and, and people opening up. But she said there's, and I, won't, I, I think I have permission. She didn't care, but I, I don't want to. I just, it's just one lady that, that called Megan. And the lady turned around and looked at me, and I was like, did I just say that? I did. And she thought in her head, I have never prayed out loud for anybody in my entire entire life. I don't even know if I've ever prayed out loud. But now this woman is responding to me and saying, yes, I do. Yes, you can pray with me. So I'm like in my head, okay, I guess we're doing this. Let's pray. <laughs> and, she, and she prayed. Did she call down heaven's fire in the Walmart line? I don't know. I wasn't there. But did she learn an act of obedience that she did not formally have? Did she speak words into that woman's heart that maybe have not been or have not ever been spoken before? You know what she did? She didn't show her that she had a 
a, a theological degree. She showed her that she cared. And she prayed out loud with her. Pray out loud with people. Number three, make prayer your first response. Not just when something's wrong, but all the time. Listen, hear this, hear this. God does not just want a good moment with you. He does not want another moment. God does not want moments. God wants minutes. He doesn't want another moment. He wants every minute that you have. Take the time. Be intentional. Make prayer your first response. We've got to have the heart of a child. You want me to show you the heart of a child? It's a crazy story. I think it was God's confirmation that Megan had recognized something and, and that we were beginning to make a change. And by we, I mean her, and I'm just taking credit for it. I said, a few Wednesday nights ago, Megan came home. We came home from church, and, and Megan was on the couch, and, and her stomach was hurting, so she was balled up in the, on the couch. And Gabriel, you know, big brown eyes. I mean, his mommy is, is, is his world. I mean, like, she's not his favorite person. She's just his... It, it, she just is like she's it's like God he thinks is there and then hey my mommy right and so mommy's hurting and Gabriel says mommy what's wrong and she she's like oh oh hey my stomach's just hurting I'm gonna be okay my belly's just hurting and little fluffy headed Gabriel walks over and he lays his hand on Megan I know this will mess you up <laughs> and he says Jesus touch mommy's belly make it better Amen. And uh, I walked around. The, I know. Yeah, go ahead. Just, I walked around the corner and I was like. <laughs> and she's looking at me with the face. I thought maybe she asked him or something. She said, no, he just did it. Listen, we got to have the heart of a child that still believes that God can do what he says he can do. Where we respond with prayer. Number four, we got to be willing to grow in it. We got to grow in it. We got to we got to plan. We got to prepare. We got to practice. Because listen, you're not going to produce what you hope for. You will produce what you prepare, plan, practice, and pray for. And sometimes you got to prepare, plan, and practice just for prayer. If you don't have it, work on it, grow in it, develop it. It's okay for your salvation and your confidence in your relationship with Jesus to be part of a process where you become like Paul and work out your salvation daily before God in reverence, but also you are confident in who you are in Christ. And you approach the throne of grace with boldness inside of you because you are growing in that relationship. And finally, pray to Jesus. Listen, unapologetically, my personal, biblical, absolute, is that we pray to Jesus. Please don't, Please don't leave here offended if you believe differently. I'm not, not trying to offend you, but I have a deep 
rooted conviction according to God's word that we are to pray to the Father in Jesus' name, that we have access, that he purchased it and he paid for it, and he didn't do it so that we could just pray to other people that he died for, but that we can pray to him and him alone, that he touches heaven for us, that he intercedes on our behalf, and we pray to Jesus because it is he that wants to have that relationship personally with us just like he did everybody else that he ever created or that would ever be created. Listen, when we stand in Christ, we always stand a chance. When we stand in Jesus, in God, and God alone, in the personal relationship that he paid for us to have, when we stand in Christ, we always stand a chance. Not just the crucified Christ that died like everybody else died, but the resurrected Christ, the one who is alive, the one who is sitting at the right hand of the Father today. He's not just the lamb that was slain. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And he said he cares enough about me that he forgave me even when I was still lost and dying in my sin. He is the answer to my provision. He is the answer to my potential. He is the answer to my problem. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the one that was and is and is to come to Him who sits on the throne and unto the Lamb. Be all blessing and honor and glory and power forever and ever. When I stand in Christ, I always stand a chance. So pray to Jesus. Father, we come before you right now in Jesus' name because you granted us access to your throne that we can approach boldly and we can know that you hear us from heaven. I want to ask the church, I want to ask those who are following Jesus, if you would answer this prayer challenge this week, not just the one from last week, but that you would develop what you desire and make this a lifestyle, that you would answer this prayer challenge to pray out loud with your family, to pray with people, not just say that you'll pray for them, to be mindful of making prayer your first response, not something that you resort to, that you would be mindful of from this day forward, I'm gonna grow in my prayer life. I'm gonna practice. I'm gonna plan. I'm gonna prepare, but I am going to pray. And I'm going to pray to Jesus. If you would do that, even today, if, if you have been, but you just want to commit to a greater level, would you just lift your hand and say, hey, that's me. I want to commit to this challenge. I want to answer it today. Hands up all over the room. I don't even have to look because I'm in it. Now, listen, we did that to help everybody else in here right now that does not know and have confidence in where they stand with Jesus. If you're not a follower of Jesus, if you've never received salvation, or maybe you did at one point, you said the Jesus prayer, the prayer of salvation, but you know that last week, 
Even yesterday, you were not living for him. You were not following his plan for your life. And you need to rededicate your heart to him today, your life to him today. You need to confess him as Lord, whether for the first time or the first time in a long time. I want you to lift your hand with boldness right where you are and say, hey, that's me. That's me. We're just going to pray with you. We're not going to embarrass you. Just lift your hand. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. I'm not trying to make you. I'm not trying to scare you out of hell or into heaven. I just want you to have the personal relationship. But that relationship comes through repentance and salvation, through forgiveness and faithfulness. If that's you, I just lift your hand right where you are. Say, hey, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. All we're going to do is pray with you. So church, I want to ask you right where you sit with every head bowed and every eye closed because we believe the word of God that we can confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. And we call upon the name of the Lord who is alive and well and intercedes on our behalf right now. And when we do that, we shall be saved. So if you raised your hand, and even if you didn't in church, I want to ask you to help us out this morning. Let's pray out loud this prayer. Come on, pray it with me. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. It separates me from you. I don't want to be separated. Save me, cleanse me, forgive me. May I follow you with all of my heart. Take my life and make it yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we give Jesus praise in his house this morning? Come on, stand all over the room today. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for listening. You may now begin to have what you're going to discuss and have for lunch conversations you're free to do that before you do that I just I want to ask you to just consider just a couple of things we do have SUM in the back the winter trimester is about to begin the signups for that are going on right now if you know someone that is legitimately interested in an accredited Bible college uh, degree, or you yourself are, just write your name down on that sheet by the SUM poster, and we'll, we'll follow up with you and or that person. If you've never been through Next Steps, please consider doing that. If you join us for our Christmas program, we're believing for hundreds, hundreds of people to come to our Christmas program, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We've already got appointments in the school to go uh, dressed up by we, I mean Pastor Weston, dressed up like a Grinch and go in there and just portray a little uh, a, a thing about bullying and treating one another with kindness. And really, it's all about advertising to get them to come that Friday night and bring more people with them Saturday and Sunday. If you could help us with that, we'd be honored. And finally, we are having a team, we are sending a team to Houston in October uh, with an organization called Eight Days of Hope where they're going to go in and do more cleanup and more things that needed to be done from the impact that Harvey left. But I believe that Harvey left the church an opportunity to be the light of God and the gospel in that place. And we are going to send a team led by Jason and Christina Brown are going to go over there and they are going to serve so that they have the opportunity to share the gospel. If you may want to go to that, please check that out. All that stuff is right there in that little covey corner over there. Hey, thank you for being here. Before you go, let me pray a blessing over you. If you just open your hands like I'm handing you a present, if you're not comfortable with that, you're going to receive anyways because we are with you. Jesus, we love you. God, we thank you today that we have access 
that you give us time to develop things that we don't already possess, and that you are patient with us because you love us unconditionally. So God, based on that, I pray that you would bless us and keep us and make your face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. Lord, lift up your presence upon us and the peace that surpasses all understanding, that joy unspeakable and full of glory. Holy Spirit, fill us, our hearts, our spirit with your power to be an example and a witness to the people that you put in our path. Lord, anoint us to accomplish your will, to walk in your ways, and to achieve the vision that you've given this place to meet people and grow closer to you together. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. God bless you. Have a great afternoon. Go Tigers.